All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another Devo with Pat and Jamie. Uh, today, we are in our second of our series on parables, right, Pat? That's right. We started, kicked it off last Wednesday, and now we're on uh, number two, Parable That's Two. Right. Parable Two. And so today we're in Matthew, it's chapter 13, and we're going to start with verse 24. All right, well, let me read this for us. This is the parable of the weeds. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I think it's important to remind everyone that a parable is not something that actually happened. This isn't like a a story of, you know, something that actually was going on. It more is just a, it's a story that Jesus uses to help describe a way of thinking, a thought process. Yeah. It's a, a story with a point. You know, I think when we're kids, we learn about like Aesop's fables and they're all these little silly stories that have some kind of a significant uh, point to them. And so Jesus is using these parables. Um, and, you know, it's funny because a lot of times, like if you go to a, a church service, a lot of the preachers these days will do this too. The parable or the story that they use is there so you'll understand the point better. So maybe you'll understand scripture better. And so Jesus is doing this and he's using a parable of, and we, we heard this last week of, of, farmers and of growing things and of seeds. And I think, you know, a lot of these parables happened and used illustrations from real life. And these people's real life was things like fishing and farming and planting vineyards and, um, you know, issues of family and friends. You know, they weren't dealing with uh, big city issues. This was all kind of rural out there stuff. And so planting seeds was something that Today, we don't really know about planting seeds. I mean, I, I don't know very many farmers. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know any. I know some farmers, but I've never talked to them about uh, growing anything or, or how seeds work or anything like that. Yeah, I think where we live, if you really want to get into some serious farm country, you've got to get in your car and drive several hours. And, and one place I've done that is if you drive like about two and a half hours east into the desert, all of a sudden, the desert becomes green because uh, there's all this water out there from the Colorado river in the Imperial Valley. And they grow a tremendous amount of food out there Mm -hmm. and they spend a tremendous amount of money buying seeds. In fact, I heard from one farmer who was telling me his, I don't even know how many acres. It's just a tremendous amount of acres. And the way that they get their seed is they buy it from a company that has these like super like, you know, I I don't know if they're genetically modified, but they're 
they're seeds that are, are, are really like made for very specific types of crops. Mm-hmm. And they had a situation where it rained a little bit too early and it washed all of their seed out. And so he had to reseed his fields. Now, when I was a kid and I went to go buy seeds for like 25 cents or 30 cents, you could buy a little packet of seeds. Seeds were like dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. This guy has so much property that for him to reseed his fields costs about $100,000. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. And so an early rain meant a $100,000 loss because it was that big of a deal. Uh, right. And so I think in this parable, this is like a real life example. This is something that someone would have had to deal with. Now you're like, well, what? Someone is going to go like mess with the field? Like why is an enemy going to come and sow seeds among the wheat? Right. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of fields now have some sort of security deterrent on them, like barbed wire or uh, a security officer that will drive around. But I think we should start to unpack this verse by verse because there's a lot to kind of discuss. And in verse 24, it's interesting because uh, Jesus says, like, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. And so this this hypothetical man had every intention of sowing really good seed. He was planting really good seeds. He didn't didn't expect anything except for an abundant, good, healthy crop. But then the unfortunate happens. <laughs> In verse 25, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. <laughs> That's uh I guess that's kind of how um, enemies work. You know, they work in the in the secret and they're always trying to sneak in. And that's kind of unfortunate. It, it is unfortunate. And it, it's one of those things where, you know, like we just looked at the parable beforehand where all of the uh, information that's there tells us like, man, even if you throw seed out, you know, you need to have good soil. So this guy had everything lined up, right? He had good seed, he had good soil. Uh, he did everything right. He didn't make any mistakes, but then someone else came in to mess him up. Yeah. When he least expected it and behind his back, it's not like the, the enemy made a big scene. Uh, Cause the enemy could have done that and said, Oh, I've just ruined your whole thing. Ha ha. You know, right. but that's not what happened. Uh, it was very quiet and discreet. Uh, yep. And so like verse 26, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. And I think we talked about this last week, but weeds are just terrible. Having to weed, weed a garden, it's brutal. <laughs> I have to tell you this little story. When I was a preschooler, maybe kindergarten, real young, my mom was working and it was summertime. And so she would put us in a daycare facility and we didn't have a lot of money. So she would put us in like cheap daycares. And one of them was this awful daycare with this lady who was probably like 85 years old. Um, and she lived in this immaculate house and the house was really beautiful and it had a rose garden out front. And she, she would tell us, um, she actually told us, she said, okay, I have a game we're going to play. And she let us all out into her rose garden. And she said, we're going to pick weeds. <laughs> I'm like five years old. Right. So, and she hands us these like weed picking tools 
and she said, uh, I'm going to give you a nickel, <laughs> a shiny nickel for every weed that you pick up. Oh. And so all of us little kids are like trying to pull weeds out, getting stuck with thorns and like not really knowing what's a weed and what's a good plant. Like we didn't know what we're doing. So we're tearing into a rose garden and she never even paid us. So oh. to this <laughs> To this day, I still have a very uh, bitter taste in my mouth when it comes to weeding. I don't like weeding. I don't like the idea of even having to go in and do that. So when I see this, I'm like, that's right. The enemy was the one who planted the weeds because those weeds are of the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happens now if you get some weeds in like your garden or your, or your grass or something? Well... I live in a condo and we have no grass and we have landscapers who come and take care of all that. So nice. I don't even worry about it. Nice. Awesome. So yeah, definitely the work of the devil, especially in this right. little parable. <laughs> so then verse 27, it says the owner's servants came to him and said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? Now that's an awesome question. <laughs> right like didn't you uh plant good stuff why did you plant all these weeds <laughs> i would i would be questioning as well yeah i like it that the servants are like hey man like what gives <laughs> yeah. right like i thought you like took care of this man like what's the deal the man who sowed the seed who planted the seed in the field was very wise because it says verse 28 he replied an enemy did this now that's a that's a pretty uh, big statement, and he's pretty wise to be able to pick up on that. Because if I was planting a bunch of plants, and all of a sudden, a, a, like say flowers, if I was planting a bunch of sunflowers, and all of a sudden a bunch of green vines started popping up, I wouldn't immediately go, "Oh, the enemy did this." I would say, "Well, I probably did something wrong." <laughs> right. You know, but, I, I looked briefly at a commentary on this, and, and it showed or it said that there was actually a plant that was a weed that was common uh, that people would plant and it looked a lot like grain when it would sprout up and it would grow at the same like length and it wasn't necessarily uncommon for people to actually do this this was like something that might actually happen Whoa. like someone might might come in and actually plant this particular weed to sabotage someone's crop and so the servants naturally, you know, hear that the enemy planted all these weeds responded by saying, do you want us to go and pull them up? Logical response. But yeah. the man with the field illogically responded and said, no, <laughs> what a plot twist. <laughs> leave the weeds. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, we're like, wait a minute, if you leave the weeds, they're going to like destroy the other plants. Yeah. Right. But, you know, verse 29, this, uh, this farmer was a, a smart guy. Okay. I have a lot of respect for him because it says, while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until harvest. So smart, smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now this, this whole parable can be taken in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, it can be taken with small situations in your life. Uh, it could be even looking at bigger things like kind of cosmic um, realities of life and death. You know, I think one of the one of the ways that this has been interpreted for a long time is that there are good people um, who are destined to be with God forever, who are uh, 
uh, growing up in a field, right? Um, they're the good crop. But at the same time, there's people who maybe are enemies of the kingdom of God, enemies of the gospel. And so the question might be, well, why doesn't God just kind of like smite them, take them out? You know, why doesn't God just get rid of all the evil? Um, and that's a big problem that we have when we think of God. Like, why wouldn't God take all the evil out? And, you know, one explanation could even be this parable. And, and that is that God's, God would say, well, I'm, I'm letting them both happen. And there will be a final judgment someday. There will be a time when the weeds and the wheat will be separated. Uh, but at this point, um, both are going to have to grow together. Right. So that's like kind of this big, you know, pull back and look at this. But I think you can also look at it at a smaller scale too. You can maybe even look at your own life um, and see where, you know, maybe, maybe something as small as like a little, a little mistake or uh, a little bit of bad in your own heart. Um, you sort of let grow and it is growing up and it's becoming, you know, a problem in your life and you're like oh when lord when is this going to leave me um the apostle paul even wrote that um he had a thorn in the flesh which i thought's an interesting analogy right so he says he has this thorn in the flesh and he asked god to take to take care of it he asked god that it would be removed and and god said you know my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness so even in our own like personal walks, like trying to follow God, sometimes there's, there's weeds that are in there and we want those to immediately just be gone. And maybe for whatever reason, the Lord has kind of allowed those to be there and at the right time, God will deal with it, but uh, it may not be at the right time that we want it to happen. Yeah. And also looking at this parable from like a, a cultural perspective, the the wheat kind of represents the people of God yeah. and the, the weeds are kind of people that aren't of God or maybe aren't of God yet, or maybe are, are corrupting um, or have like a, a bad inf influence in society. Uh, so like you said, there's like so many ways that this parable can be applied to just about anything. I really like what you just said there, because I think that's very true that, like even the nation of Israel at this time, when this parable was said, you have the Romans who are occupying, uh, you have other people groups that are, that are living there that are not um, the Israelites. And so they might read this and, and see like, oh, well, there's all these other people. They must all be enemies. Let's weed them out, get rid of them all. And God is, in, in some ways, God is saying here, like, don't, don't assume that you have the ability to weed things out because you may not know if you go to weed things out on your own if you decide like who's in and who's out of the kingdom of god if you make that decision on your own you're likely to actually hurt people who are a part of god's kingdom and you just don't know it um so i think there's a, a subtle message in here too about judgment that i think we can kind of own um you know ultimate judgment is not for me and you to decide ultimate judgment is for god to decide um, at the at the right time, at the appropriate time. So much like the the previous, uh, much like the previous parable, this one is also explained further down in Matthew chapter thirteen, and it, it kind of starts with verse thirty seven, 
if you want to go and, and check it out yourself. And it says this, it says, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so will be the end of the age. The son of man will send out his angels and they will weed out his out of his kingdom, everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is kind of the, the scarier, bigger version of when you look at this parable. People, I know it's kind of been popular in a lot of, uh, kind of Christian circles to say, well, there can't be a hell. God's all loving. God wouldn't create a place that's like hell. Um, and, you know, I, I like the idea of there not being a hell. I just, I just don't think that that concept necessarily goes in line with Scripture. Because here you even have in verse 42, they'll be thrown into a blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And this isn't the first time that idea of weeping and gnashing of teeth comes up. And I think generally most of us, if we think about it, if someone is doing evil, if you think about evil people who are in the world, and there's some folks who are just straight up evil. It's like hard to find any kind of redeeming quality to them. Um, but those are like few and far between be honest right like that's not every day um and i think if you look at a field and you think that some you know you think about how much of a field is weeds and how much of it is actual wheat uh how much of it would be good things i think there might be something good to seeing in this that there probably is more wheat than weeds i think of like a cornfield you know you drive midwest you're driving past a cornfield and you see nothing but corn and corn and corn, you don't see weeds. And I don't think I've ever seen a weed in a cornfield ever. Yeah, you know, sometimes what you will see is they alternate their, uh, they'll alternate their crops between soybeans and corn. And so occasionally you'll see a soybean field that'll have some corn stalk shooting up out of it. Right. In various places. Um, and I'm sure if you like, you know, went through a, a cornfield, you might see some soybeans uh, on the ground underneath that, but that's harder to see. Um, but what's crazy is, is again, that, you know, it's the angels that are doing the weeding and God is really the one who's the judge. Uh, and that's not necessarily up to us. Um, you know, what we would like, I think, is that God would weed out everything right now so that we wouldn't have to deal with evil. We wouldn't have to suffer from evil. We wouldn't have to see evil. Uh, but that's just not the way it is. And this parable is giving us a good explanation of it. Part of that explanation is God was to wipe out all the evil in the world. Uh, There'd be a lot of, especially using the angels, right? There'd be a lot of uh, people who are good who get caught up in that Um, just because of how interwoven our culture, our society, and our humanity is. Right. Well, I think to wrap up, kind of going back to uh, what you said earlier as like a challenge to the listeners, what parts of your life are uh, maybe a weed that is starting to grow? What weeds do you need to uh, weed out of your life? That's like what I want to challenge our listeners with today. So yeah, don't wait. Don't wait till the harvest time. Uh, you know, when it comes to your own personal life, right? Don't wait. Absolutely. 
Well, thanks for checking out today's Devo, and uh, you will hear from us again next week. All right, bye, everyone.